good morning. How are we doing this morning? This beautiful May morning. For those of you who don't know, my name is Melissa, and I am part of the Vineyard Church of Holly Springs. <laughs> um, I was a young mom. I had three kids under the age of 25. I was about 27 years old. I had um, quit my job um, so I could stay home and raise my children. And so we were struggling financially. I didn't know what I was doing. I was struggling as a mom. I was struggling as a wife. And in the midst of all of this chaos, I decided I wanted to hear from God. And I, I don't know why I had this urge to hear from God. I, I had no expectations God would speak to me. I was a Reformed Baptist. And you know God does not speak to the Baptists. <laughs> I, was, I was a woman. And my Baptist upbringing said that God could not speak to me. And I was not, I was saved, but I was barely saved, as you would say. <laughs> I was not holy. And so why would God speak to me, this, this unholy, former Baptist, female? And I don't know why I just had this desire. I wanted to hear from God. I had this lofty idea that for some reason God wanted to speak to me. And I didn't know why I, I felt this way, but there was just this urgency in my heart. I want to hear from God. I want to hear his voice. And while I was in this praying to hear God's voice, there was this news story about this woman. She was a, a, a school bus driver. And she picked up the kids on the bus ride, and then she just took them off and didn't take them to school, and she took them off in the field somewhere. And when they finally caught up with her, they asked her why she did it, and she said, the Lord told her to do it. So I quickly revised my prayers, <laughs> and I said, Lord, I want to hear for you, from you, but I don't want to be on the 6 o'clock news. <laughs> but still, I cried out. That did not deter me. I wanted to hear from the Lord. And that journey that I started 30 years ago, so I just dated myself. In those 30 years, I've grown in intimacy with God. It has been a journey of hearing his voice, um, seeing him do amazing things through me, all because I took the time, all because I craved to hear his voice. Now, I, I want to tell you, you know, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I have made my mistakes. I've misheard, I've failed, I failed miserably, right? But I've continued to grow and to learn and to become closer to him. And, and I tell you that today because I have two objectives for today. When Leah asked me to speak on this, man, I just went in my head. I had, it's like, oh, I need to say this, I need to say this, and I need to say this. And I realized that some of you might have to go to work tomorrow and you did not want to listen to me speak all night. So I've settled this on two objectives. These are my two objectives for today. You go to the next slide. I want to impart a hunger for prophecy. I want you to leave here today desiring to hear the voice of the Lord for yourself and for others. 
I want to impart just this hunger for him. That intimacy that comes from only, you can only get from sitting at his feet and hearing his voice. I want to impart that hunger to you. And secondly, I want you to leave today knowing that God speaks to you and through you. I want to empower and embolden you to prophesy. Now, I really don't remember, I, I really don't remember what sparked my desire to hear from God. It could have been I read 1 Corinthians 14. Will you turn that with me? Uh, there with me. 1 Corinthians 14. See, I have this annoying habit, right? I have this annoying habit of reading the Bible and believing what it says. <laughs> and not only do I believe what it says, I believe it's available for me. And so maybe I read this. If I had, this is a good place to start. For 1 Corinthians 14.1 says this. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may what? Prophesy. Go to the next one. For he who speaks in tongues did not, does not speak to men but to God. Now that is not saying you shouldn't speak in tongues. That's not what that is saying. It's saying that, yes, speak in tongues, but also uh, prophesy. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Go to the next one. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. That is the purpose of prophecy. What is prophecy after all? According to um, the Greek, it is to speak forth by divine inspiration to foretell future events pertaining to the kingdom of God, to utter forth, declare a thing which can only be known how? Divine revelation. It is speaking beyond yourself. It is speaking beyond your own wisdom, your own knowledge, and God has given you something that only he can impart to you. Don't you want to do that? Does that not sound like fun? God speaks to you, gives you divine revelation, and then you relate it to others. And what God is telling us to do in this verse, he's saying, run after, press on, earnestly desire to speak forth, design inspirations, and receive information that you can only know by divine revelation. God is saying, pursue this, run after it, desire it, want it, long for it, hunger for it, desire it. That is a command of the Father. And you may be asking, why should I do this? You know, I'm a good Christian. I come to church, you know, regularly. And I pay my tithes and I, my offering. I even volunteer in children's church. <laughs> why should I desire to prophesy? Why should I desire for this, Melissa? Leave me alone. Just let me little do my little thing, and I'll get into heaven, and it'll be all be okay. And yes, you will get into heaven. This is not a requirement for heaven. However, you can have so much more fun along the way. One reason you should de desire this is because the simple matter of the fact is you cannot be intimate with, with God without communion. How many of you, raise your hand, if you go weeks without speaking to your spouse? Raise your hand. <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> who, those of us who have a spouse. <laughs> How many of us go weeks without just speaking to them, without talking to them? We, we speak to our spouses, we commune with our spouse because it, it builds that intimacy. 
I, my husband and I, it's, it's <laughs> we've been married for 35 years. And the other day, it's, it's at that point where we just know each other's thoughts, you know? Have anybody else married that long? You just know each other's thoughts. We were at a corner um, Friday night. We were going out to eat. We were at a corner. And I'd been at this corner for like a thousand times, and I never noticed the house on the right. And I was sitting there thinking, I wonder what it feels like to live in that house. And as soon as I had that thought, my husband said, I wonder what it feels like to live in that house. <laughs> that is the, the, the relationship, the intimacy that we have because of 35 years of communion. And I want that same intimacy with God. The Bible says in Proverbs 25, 2, it is the, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing. It is the glory of kings to seek out a thing. That is the way God has designed it. He wants us to, to pursue him, to pursue his voice, to sit in his lap and listen, because there cannot be intimacy without it. And his desire is intimacy. Th and it, we see that in his original intent in Genesis 3.8. I don't know if I have that scripture. But in Genesis 3.8, after Adam and Eve had eaten, had eaten, is that a word, eaten? Eaten? <laughs> I teach math. Okay. <laughs> After they had eaten, why does that not sound right? Eaten. eaten. Partake. Partake. Partook. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> of the, we don't know, we say it's fruit. Why do, does the Bible say it was fruit? It, it, I don't, does it say it was fruit? Okay. After they had eaten this fruit, they hid from God. But God did not hide from them. And when God came, they recognized his voice. They recognized his sound as he walked through the garden. Why is that? Because it was ordinary for them to hear the voice of the Lord. They recognized it. That was God's original intent, so that we would commune with him and he would commune with us. And I believe Jesus' death, his suffering, and his resurrection reset the table for us. We went back to God's original intent. And God's original intent and his intent now is for us to commune with him daily, that we would recognize and know his voice like Adam and Eve did. That's his original intent. And the third reason we should do it is simply because the word tells us to and because the world that we live in is broken. Have you guys noticed that? <laughs> this world is very, very broken, and they need the people of God to speak encouragement. They need the people of God to edify, to comfort. They need us to be who God has called us to be. The world needs edification. It needs exhortation. It needs comfort, and it's getting it from all the wrong places. Why? Because we as Christians are not standing up and doing what God has called us to do. They're going to psychics. They're going to fortune tellers. They're doing all of these things because the church is not being the church. And God has called, this is who God has called us to do. This is why this is important. This, I was surprised a little bit. I'm being a little transparent here. I was surprised a little bit when Leah texted me and she asked me to speak on this message. Because as you know, we women were off retreating last week. <laughs> we were having fun. <laughs> and as we were worshiping, I think it was Saturday morning, I was just very vulnerable. And I, I, I just 
told my story of how I just felt like I was in this very dry place with the Lord. I was hungering for him. And I didn't know what was wrong. I know that it seemed like since 2020, there's just been this disconnect between me and God. And I just didn't understand what was going on. And thankfully, Leah prayed for me. And, and I don't know if you remember this, but you, played, you prayed that s- something was clogging, <laughs> clogging my hearing and that it would be shook. And God did that such a thing. He shook me in that moment. And then the first thing he told me to do was to prophesy over the women that were there. Because he was returning me back to my first love. And then over the last couple of days as I prepared this message, I'm so glad that the Lord called me to preach because I can't afford counseling. And this is the way he works things out of me is when I'm preparing for sermons. And as I was preparing for this sermon, God showed me that I was hurt. That there was a hurt in my heart. Over the last three years, it seemed like men and women who I respect, whose books I've read, who walk in the prophetic, have behaved very badly. And I was, I was, I was questioning if they ever heard from God. And I, I know that they did, but because of the way they were behaving, I was like, do they really hear from God? And if they don't really hear from God, do I really hear from God? Is this all been just a lie? Is it all been just an act? Is I've been talking to myself for the last 30 years? What is going on? And this is how I felt, and I, I couldn't understand it. And God brought healing to me. And God showed me, he reminded me of moments when I spoke over people and I had revelation that I, there was no way I knew this on my own that God had spoken to me, and so he reminded me of those moments. I, re- I remember one moment praying for a woman. She came up for prayer, and she wanted prayer for her niece, who had made some bad choices and ended up in jail. And the first thing the Lord spoke to me was this, she will live and not die. And then I started arguing with God. I was like, they didn't say anything about death. I'm not going to talk about death. What, what is this? I don't want to worry them. What is this? But I said, I said what God said. I said, your niece will live and she will not die. But then I said, well, 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 I mean spiritually dead. You know what I mean? God didn't tell me to say that. I just like, you know, spiritually dead. And then I just went on and on and on and on. And then when I stopped, she graciously said to me, thank you for that. Because my brother and I are really concerned that she would die. God knew what he was doing. So I'm not here to teach you how to prophesy, but I do want to tell you this one tip. Okay, here it is. When God stops talking, you stop talking. I had not learned that then, okay? When God stops talking, we stop talking. So he reminded me of that, not just to remind me that he speaks to me. So I'm working through this. I'm working through this. I'm learning this, and I'm remembering the prophetic voice in me, and I'm falling in love with it again. Because remember, it is to edify, to exhort, to comfort. Leah sent me a video of a vineyard pastor teaching this series, and he sealed, um, if you go to the um, next slide, this is Ted Kim. I don't know if you guys know Ted Kim. He's a vineyard pastor. And he said this, it might surprise you to learn that prophecy that little feeling that you might have that the person next to you really needs a touch from God and really needs to know that they're loved by God. That's more prophetic 
than saying who the next president's going to be. It might surprise you to learn that if I'm sitting there and I see the person and I have a feeling that this person actually has the gift of musical worship, it might surprise you to learn that when I go to that person and give them that word, that that's actually more prophetic than predicting the next great revival. That is prophecy, people. That is prophecy. Prophecy is to exhort, to, to comfort, to encourage. And what was happening, what I thought was happening the last few years, that prophecy was being used to portray God as this petulant two-year-old child that was going to destroy everything if he didn't get his way. That prophecy was using to build fear instead of love. And that hurt my heart. It hurt my heart because that is not the prophetic God that I know. The God that I know uses prophecy to encourage, to edify, to bring up, to comfort. That is the God that I know. That is the prophecy that I want to hear. This is why we should desire to hear from God for others. My my friend Janice is here, and she's going to come up for a second, and she's just got, where's the, oh, you gave it to her. (laughs) Um, She just has a wonderful story of how the prophetic was used in her life to edify and encourage. So, so this is my friend Janice. Say hello to my friend Janice. I haven't seen Janice in forever, and I called her just out of the blue and said, hey, I remember when God did this in your life. Could you come and share? And she graciously um, came to share. So, Janice, what was going on in your life when you got this prophetic word? Well, actually, it was a prophetic word given to my husband, mm-hmm. and he had just been diagnosed several months earlier with stage four prostate cancer, as well as um, a syndrome of Parkinsonism. Mm. So that was what we were going through. And so we, at that time, we were having these, what we call prophetic nights, where we would invite people in and we would speak a prophetic word over them. So what was the prophetic word spoken over you, your husband, sorry? So, yeah, so also we have two um, young adult couples at the time that were married, and they were both trying to get pregnant, and neither one of them were able to get pregnant at the time. So we had no grandkids. Now we have four, but we didn't have any (laughs) at the time. And the word that was given to my husband, Joe, was a vision that someone had. I won't name names, but, you know, a vision that she saw of him at the end of a pier fishing with a young boy about age seven or eight. And how did that make your family feel when you got that word? Well, it restored our hope. And here we are six years later, and the first child that was born was a little boy. So we kind of revived that word and said, oh, wow, that's awesome. And my husband is still with us. He's just not here now because he's still suffering from some neurological things, but he is healed from prostate cancer. Woo! So... So my grandson is six, and this word was about a seven- or eight-year-old at the end of the pier. So, you know, as I, w- I don't need to stop your questions, but I just, <laughs> the Lord is speaking because the word that you gave seven or eight years ago or six years ago, we didn't have a grandson. And even this today, the Lord is saying, you need to keep praying into that word because right now my husband can't sit at the end of the pier. Mm-hmm. He's here, he's alive, but he can't sit at the end of the pier for these neurological issues. And so the Lord reminded me this morning of this word to say, 
keep pressing into that word mm -hmm. because I, this was this was not just for then. Mm -hmm. This was just not for you know the grandson and the healing of the prostate cancer. This is for the future and this is to come. And so, it's a powerful word. It was a powerful vision then, and it is still powerful and active today, giving hope. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And you guys Amen. give it up for my God bless. <laughs> That is the power of the prophetic, guys. That's the power of the prophetic. Don't you want to do this? Don't you want to hear from God? And, and you might be thinking that, you know, God is speaking to you like that, Melissa, because you're his favorite. <laughs> and that's true. My picture is on his refrigerator. But there's something I forgot to tell you when I kept telling you that. And you have a shirt. I have a shirt. That is true. But this is the thing. You are God's favorite, too. I just don't ever tell you that. But you are God's favorite, too. Your picture is on his refrigerator as well. And he is not a respecter of person. That's actually scripture. And that he speaks to you like he speaks to me. I am not special. Leah and Joshua are our pastors, and we love them, but they are not special. They are just willing to say, I'm sorry. You didn't know this. I'm so sorry, Josh. I didn't mean I didn't mean you find out like this. I'm sorry. <laughs> but they hear from God just like you can hear from God. There's no hierarchy. God is not saying, okay, well, I got to go through Leah and Josh first, and then I'll speak to them. There's no hi hierarchy in God. He speaks to all of us the same. How do I know this? How do I know that you can hear from God? How am I so sure that this is the will of God for your life? And I am telling you today, you may have been praying. Some of you are in school. Some of you are, are thinking about your next career. And I'm going to tell you, you want to know the will of God for your life? Here it is. The will of God for your life is that you would hear from him and that you would prophesy over your brothers and your sisters. That is the will of God for each of your lives. And I don't care if you are a teenager. I don't care if you're a thousand years old. The will of God for your life is, has not changed. This is the will of God for your life, to prophesy. So you want to ask me, is this for you? And I'm going to say, yes, it is for you. How do I know that? How can I be so sure that this is for you? Because I go back to this. It is God's original intent. I think that's the first one. Yes, God's original intent. Genesis 3.8. Turn with me for a minute to Genesis 3.8. We're going to just look at that for a second. The The... Adam and Eve were in the garden. They had everything they needed. Do you realize, ladies, just think about this for a second, ladies. Eve did not have to do laundry. <laughs> you ever thought about this? She had it made. There was no laundry. She didn't have to worry about her husband. He only had eyes for her because she was the only one there. She had it made, and she gave it all up for that bite of fruit. And when they did that, they were so ashamed, they hid themselves. When God came, the Bible does not say that God hid from them. They hid from God. Because they had experienced something they had, they had never experienced before, and it was not God's will for them to experience. And you know what that was? Shame. Shame came after the fall. So they had never experienced shame before. They didn't know, didn't know how to handle it. And when they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden, Genesis 3.8, in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife, they hid from the presence of the Lord 
going among the trees in the garden. Then the Lord called out to Adam and said, where are you? God did not separate himself from Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve separated themselves from God. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded that you should not eat? Who told you you were naked? Who told you you were sinful and cannot hear from God? Who told you this? Because what did God do? What did Adam and Eve, they tried to cover themselves up with fig leaves. Has anybody here ever picked figs? <coughs> My growing up in Louisiana, we had a fig tree in our backyard. What do you know about those, those <laughs> leaves? <laughs> what, do, what do we know about the leaves of a fig tree? They're big and they're also what? Fuzzy and itchy. They itch like crazy. So imagine this, being in Louisiana in a thousand degree temperature and your parents sending you out to pick figs off a tree and you have to decide are you going to protect yourself from the heat or from the itchy leaves. So here I am, a young child. I swear, today this would be child abuse. <laughs> long sleeve shirt, long jeans in a thousand degree weather picking figs because the it leaves are so itchy. So every time I read this story about Adam and Eve, I just imagine <laughs> them wearing these itchy fig leaves <laughs> over parts that we don't like to make it. <laughs> that they tried to, to correct it. They tried to fix it themselves. And what did God do? Let's see what God did. I think it's in verse uh, 20, 21. Unto Adam and also his wife did, God, did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. God covered them with skins of animals. Blood was shed. Think about that. Blood was shed to cover them. Are you afraid to go into God's presence because you think you have had this big sin that God can't forgive you for? Are you, are, you, are, are you ashamed to go into his presence? Are you thinking about the past, what you've done in your past? Are you, are you worried about the fact that you yelled at your kids yesterday or you cut somebody off in traffic the other day? Or you said something that you shouldn't have said or you did something you shouldn't have done? Are you worried about that? Because let me just tell you, you didn't do anything worse than Adam and Eve. And God covered them and you have been covered in the blood of Christ. And it does not itch. You have been covered. You have been, you have been set free. You have been forgiven by the blood of Christ. And there is nothing that can separate you from your father. Amen. There is nothing that is separating you from hearing his voice. Let, well, let's go back to the original intent, intent of God. And when we feel like we can't get in his presence, let us remember what he did on Calvary. Yes. Let us remember that we are covered in his blood. The Bible says that we are holy and blameless in his sight. So you can always, you can always go into the presence of God and hear his voice. I've told you, I'm Baptist. You're bringing the Baptist out of me this morning. Is this for you? Yes, it is. How do I know that? Because the Bible says in 2 Peter 2, that you are a holy priesthood. Let's go into Exodus. I know I just referred to 
James, but we're going to, um, not James, Peter. We're going to go to Exodus for a second. I don't know if you know this, sir, it is Exodus 20. And God was starting a new covenant with his people. We call it the old covenant, but for them it was new. And in this new covenant God was bringing, God said, I want to speak to my people face to face. And God, I don't know, God can sometimes be a little dramatic. And in verse 18, now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar. Then they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear. But let God, but if God speak with us, we die. And so Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you that you may not sin. So the people stood afar off. Picture that in your head. The people stood afar off, but what did Moses do? Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. We have a choice. We have a choice. We can stand back and we can say, okay, Leah and Joshua, you hear from God for us. You draw near to him. We're going to stand back and we're going to wait till God talks to you and then you can tell us. That's a choice. We can make that choice. But I'm telling you, I want to draw near. I want to do the uncomfortable. They didn't want to do this because this was uncomfortable. Sometimes sitting in the presence of God, that silence can be uncomfortable. But I want that uncomfortableness because I want to draw close to God. What is the New Testament for this? The Bible tells us that we are a holy priesthood. All of you are part of a holy priesthood. What do priests do? They hear from God for the people. You are holy priests. Don't ever forget that. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 that, um, that we can boldly, boldly draw near to the throne room of grace because we are his children. We hear his voice. That's what I want. That is what God has made available for us. Is this for you? Do you know it was prophesied that you would prophesy? <laughs> Did you know this? Joel 2. So let's look at Joel 2. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also my men servants and my maid servants. I will pour out my spirit in those days. God was the original Oprah, you know? You get the spirit. You get the spirit. You get the gift of tongues. You get the gift of hearing God's voice. He did not leave anyone out. The old, the young, men, women, the poor, the rich. There was no one left out of this description. We all, as John Wimber likes to say, we all get to play. <laughs> we all get to do this. There is nothing disqualifying you. Is this for you? Yes. Final verse that I just want to share with you. John 10, 27. You know, when I was growing up, you, you young people, you guys are spoiled. <laughs> Let me tell you why you're spoiled. How many versions of the Bible do you have handy for you? 
So many. You know, my generation, we had one. And we were happy to have that one. King James Version, that's all we had. And when I left my parents' house, I rebelled. And I started reading the new King James Version. <laughs> but you have all sorts of versions available to you right now. Take out your phone. People, take out your phone. Go to John 10, 27. Because I know, y'all, you're not a good Christian unless you have the Bible app on your phone. Come on now. Take out John 10, 27. And I want you to read that in different verses, different translations. What is that? Call it out. Some of the different translations. What does it say? John 10, 27. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're the youth, Pastor Lou. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> what? In, NIV, what does it say? My sheep listen to my voice. Another translation. NLT says the same thing. Okay. Says the same thing. My sheep listen to my voice. What else? My sheep hear my voice. What are some of the other ones? My sheep hear my voice. They listen to my voice. They hear my voice. Any others? I know you want to read the message. <laughs> my sheep recognize my voice. It's all saying the same thing. My sheep hear my voice. This is the word of Jesus. My sheep hear my voice. So what is the hang up here? Because sometimes we read the Bible through our own lenses. We read the Bible through filters uh, of our past, of our culture, of our past hurts. If, if your filter is a controlling pastor or a pastor that was, you know, kind of like everything has to go through me type pastor, if you had that type of pastor, you might read that voice and you, you might read that verse and hear God say, my, only my shepherds hear my voice. Or, or if, you, if your filter is um, that of authoritarian, right, you might read that scripture and hear only my Sheep who are prophets hear my voice. Or, or if your filter, if you grow up in a culture or in a denomination that diminished the works of women, you may read that and, and read it as only my male sheep hear my voice. Or, or if you grew up in a church that was like a, a sin-sniffing church, you know what a sin-sniffing church is? If you grew up in a sin-sniffing sin church, you might read that as only my holy and sinless sheep hear my voice. But I'm here to tell you this morning that there is no disqualifiers in that statement. My sheep, who are his sheep? You are his sheep, and you are his sheep, and you are his sheep. If you have believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says you are saved. And if you are saved, you are his sheep. And if you are his sheep, you hear his voice. That was a math lesson. Did you guys know it's called the trans? <laughs> it's called the transitive property of math. That's what it's called. <laughs> you hear his voice because you are his sheep. So often, I think we miss God because we are looking for fanfare. You know, we're looking for 
Well, if I'm hearing God's voice, then I may, I may you know, go into shakes or I'm going to go into some kind of trance or you know, I'm going to speak in a different language. All these things we think, if I'm going to hear God's voice, it's going to be dramatic. But I think we sometimes miss God because we're looking for fanfare and God is in the stillness. God is in the quiet. He, uh, I have list, I've been on this journey for 30 years, and I can tell you, God has spoken to me in many, many different ways. And I've seen God speak through other people in many, many different ways. And this is what I've learned, that m- nine times out of ten, I'll even say 95% of the time, God speaks in a subtle way. We're looking for lightning and thundering and wind and earthquakes, but God just wants us to crawl up in his lap and feel his heartbeat, experience his gentleness, hear his whisper. This is where intimacy thrives. As, as my mom was getting older, she used to say, we come in into the house and she'd have the television on really loudly, you know, she's starting to lose her hearing. And we'd say, mom, why do you have this television up so loud? And she used to say, I want to, I want to hear, I don't want to listen. And that's the difference. When God speaks in in these really dramatic ways, we hear him. But when he whispers, we have to listen. We have to get into his lap and draw close to him and hear his voice. And God wants us to listen. You are his sheep. You hear his voice. Last week at our conference, um, Leah had us do this really cool exercise where we would tell our story and then we were in small groups. We would tell our stories and then uh, the people in the group would just kind of be quiet for a little bit and then they would affirm us and then we would pray for each other, right? And so Sam Larson was in my group. You guys know Sam. Young mom, um, she's just amazing. And man, Sam kept having like these amazing prophetic words for people. I mean, she would just, like for me, she had a word of knowledge. Um, She gave this great vision she had for someone else in our group. And finally, by the end, I was like, well, Sam, you know, that's prophetic. (laughs) And she just kind of looked at me and smiled at me like Sam does with that innocent smile and, you know, sort of looked at me like, yeah, Melissa, you're crazy. But (laughs) this, she was walking in the prophetic. So when we got back, I wanted her to speak today as well, but she is out of town or she's gone somewhere. So I texted her, and, and she texted this. I said to her, what did it feel like when you were listening to God? And what she said preaches. This is what she said. She said, honestly, I didn't feel anything crazy. To me, it was just like sitting in the quiet and seeing, hearing thoughts and whatever we were talking about. I am glad that God was able to speak, to speak through me, though. That felt special. She didn't feel, it was nothing weird that happened you know when she was hearing from God it was natural and when she said that that led me to a profound revelation and it's this hearing God's voice for other people is both ordinary and extraordinary simultaneously it is ordinary because it is what God wants us to do every single day It is ordinary because we can all go into his presence and hear his voice. It is ordinary because because this is where we live. But at the same time, it's extraordinary 
that God would speak to me, that the God of the universe would take his time out of his day to have a conversation with me, that the God of the universe would share, would trust me with secrets for other people, that the God of the universe knew that, that Janice and her family were struggling, and he chose me to give them a prophetic word to bring hope and so that they can speak into that prophetic word. That is humbling. That is, I'm in awe of his goodness. I'm in awe that he would do that with me. But it should be an ordinary thing. It should be something that I am doing every single day. God speaking to us is both ordinary and extraordinary simultaneously. And that is where we want to live. My prayer is that I want to live a life such that I don't know where my voice ends and his begins. I want his voice to permeate and integrate my heart, my desires, my words. I want hearing the voice of God to be ordinary as breathing in and breathing out. I want to experience that. I want to just crawl up in his lap and live there and listen to his voice and hear his words for me and for other people. I want to bring hope to this very hopeless world. I want to bring comfort to those who are hurting. I want to encourage those who don't know their next steps. I want to go to families that are struggling and, and fearful, and I want to bring peace and the love of God. And I want to do that by hearing his voice and prophesy. How about you, church? Are you with me on this? Is this where you want to be? Is this where you want to live as a church? Is this how we want to be known as a church? We want to be known as those people who, who if you're in trouble, if you need an encouraging word, call those people at uh, Holly Springs Vineyard. <laughs> they have a comforting word for me because they sit and they hear from the Lord God Almighty. And they're not ashamed and they're not afraid to tell you what they're sensing the Lord is saying. It is part of who they are. Do you want to be there with me? Because that's where I want to be. I, that's the life I want to live. I want his voice in my life to be both ordinary and extraordinary simultaneously. Here's a way that you can walk in this. There's a typo on this, but again, I'm a math teacher. Oh, you fixed it? Good. Thank you. <laughs> she got my back. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's why she's my pastor. <laughs> if you really want it, just do it. Just do it. You have no excuses. None. God, This is God's will for your life. He is not... He has not asked you to pursue something that he's not going to give you. God is not going to say, okay, pursue this, but only one in a thousand of you will ever achieve it. That's not the way our God works. He said pursue it because it is available to you. Pursue it. Just do it. So ask God to speak to you. And then I want you to sit. And I, I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm not talking about next week. I'm talking about today. Start today. <laughs> I have a, I tell my kids math is not a spectator sport. 
Prophecy is not a spectator sport. You have to do it. You have to participate in it. I want you to just ask God to speak to you. And then quiet yourself and listen. Have a journal. Have paper and pencil ready. Because when you're writing it down, you're giving it weight. You're saying, this is important. Write it down. And when you hear from God, you want to ask yourself this question. Did you hear a word that edifies, exhorts, and comforts? If your answer is no, then sit and listen some more. If your answer is yes, then share it. Who is God asking you to share this word with? And you're going to see it's so much fun, then you just start over again. We just continued the loop. If it's not edifying, sit and listen more because maybe God has something else he wants to tell you. God is not into sin sniffing. He really isn't. God is into encouraging. Let me tell you a secret. Let me tell you a secret. You may not know this, but here's a secret for you. Sinners sin. They know they're sinning. They don't, you telling them they're sinning, that is not revelation to them. What they don't know is how to get out of it. They don't know how to stop. And as Christians, we have those words. So you go into someone and saying, hey, you are doing the wrong thing, nine times out of ten is not helping them. You need to give them a word that says, this is what the Lord says to you. You are holy and righteous in his sight. They didn't know that. They didn't know you are loved by the Father. They may not know that. So if you hear something negative, just keep listening until God gives you the solution to their ail. Telling me if I have cancer, telling me I have cancer, that is not prophetic. Telling me that I am going to live to see a child, my grandchild, and we're going to fish together, that gives me hope. Share, listen, let's do it. Second thing that you can do is this. Come out and volunteer on Saturday. We are having a Mother's Day event, and it is an opportunity for you to use your prophetic giftings that you all have. Okay, it is an opportunity. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. I was in India, okay, and God gave me a, a person's name. It was like Jimmy something. I can't remember all the names, but it was like specifically their name. And when that person walked into the conference, I was like, oh, my gosh, because they had name tags on. I was like, oh, my God, God told me your name last night. And he had given me a prophetic word for that person. Think about how that person felt. This crazy woman flew, I can't remember, like 15, 20 hours to get to her because God had a word for her. You don't even have to fly the 20 hours. It's a 15-minute drive to Fuquay, <laughs> right? You can come. You can come and, and join us and, and begin praying right now that God would give you the right words to say, that God would give you people's names, he would give you faces, and give you prophetic, specific prophetic words for people so that when you meet them on Saturday, you can say, hey, God has a word for you. God was speaking to me about you. Think about the impact that will have on a person. Join us. You can sign up, and there's sign up in the back, Leah. Okay? Join us. 
on on Saturday. Has this resonated with you? Have I met my objectives today? (laughs) Are you hungry for the voice of the Lord? Are you convinced that you can do it too? If this resonated with you, if your heart is crying out to hear God's voice speak prophetically over you, I'm just going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird, I promise. I'm not responsible for what God does, but I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird. Father, these are your servants. And their hearts are crying out along with mine. Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to speak prophetically over people, Lord, not so that I can get any glory whatsoever, but that you can get the glory. So people will know you are real. So people will know that you love them. So people will know that you can call them by name. Let us speak prophetically over people so that they will know there's a hope and a future, that they don't have to live in in the despair that they're living in. They don't have to live in hopelessness anymore. Our king has come. You have come, Lord. Give us, Lord, just begin to speak to us. Download things into us, Lord God. Give us a hunger to just sit in your presence and listen. Give us the wisdom to let go of things in our lives that we don't need. Give us a hunger for you, Lord God. As we hunger and thirst after you, Lord God, fulfill it. Fulfill our desires, Lord. I pray that every person that is standing right now, Lord God, that they will begin to just get downloads from you. They will begin to get people's names and faces and information. And then we get to share it with people in a way that these people know they are loved by the Father. That they have hope, they have a future. Lord, this is our prayer. This is our prayer. We pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We pursue you, Lord. And (laughs) let us grow deeper, more intimate with you, Lord God. Let us know you more as we seek you for others. Let us learn more about you. Let us fall more in love with you, Lord. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.